Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. In June 2018, researchers at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill conducted a study about people's images of God. So here's how it worked. In the study, 511 Christians from around the country were shown a single image of a mostly white, androgynous face. Then a computer would slightly change some of the features and generate some new images. So the new features would have like a slightly different size nose or a little bit different eyes, slightly darker skin, that, that kind of thing. Well, then the participants were asked which of the resulting images looked more like God for them. After they made their choice, the computer would tweak the newly selected image in the same way. So this would go on for a while until the participants settled in on a final image. In a way, you can think of it like when you go to the eye doctor. You have to look through that big contraption. Doctor asks you to look at the giant E on the wall and tell me lens one or lens two. And then based on your choice, they give you more lenses. Right? It's that same sort of thing. Well, the results of the study showed a few important things. First, when comparing the final images to the, the stereotypical image of God, like the one on Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel, the way participants saw God was much younger, more feminine, and less Caucasian. So in other words, the idea that most people see God as a stern old white man with a long beard is not true. Instead, their image is much warmer and kinder. Second, there was a correlation between people's images of God and their political affiliation. Liberals had an image of God that looked more feminine, younger, and more loving. Conservatives had an image of God that was more Caucasian and more masculine. And third, along with the connection to political affiliation, the final images also connected to demographic characteristics. Meaning, younger people tended to have a younger image of God. Physically attractive people tended to have a physically attractive God. African-Americans tended to have an African-American-looking God, and so on, right? So basically, people's images of God often look like themselves. But this isn't a new idea. The ancient Greek philosophers in Ophanes once wrote, If cattle or horses or lions had hands and could draw and sculpt like men, then horses would draw their gods like horses, and cattle like cattle. Or, as a line I heard elsewhere once said, God created us in God's image, and we've been returning the favor ever since. Sometimes this happens with Jesus, too. Right? Even though we know that Jesus was a man who lived in a specific part of the world, our own cultural biases still shape our images of. 
Like in my office, I have this collage with different images of Jesus from around the world. I've even put it out there in the narthex for you to look at after service. And all of these images from around the world look like the people who live in those areas. Right? So there's the Caucasian Jesus from Europe, the Japanese Jesus from Japan, the Russian Jesus from Russia. Right. Next to that collage is the more culturally appropriate computer-generated image. That image came from using an actual skull of a Middle Eastern man dated from the time of Jesus. So the computer just rebuilt the muscle and the skin and the hair and put it back on the skull. So it's not Jesus' face, but it could have been the face of any man from that part of the world at that time. How we picture God, or Jesus, says much more about us than it does him. In fact, the midweek study group here will be reading a book next spring called America's Four Gods. What we say about God and what that says about us, which talks about this very thing. We often imagine that God looks like us which shows how biased we really are. We don't expect to see God in other ways. This is very similar to what's happening in today's gospel reading, because this story is all about how we see God. Right, in this famous passage, we hear about a king who separates people like a shepherd separating sheep and goats. Those on his right hand took care of people who were poor and needy, while those on his left did not. The point, of course, is that the people who were poor and needy were Christ in their midst. Basically, he looks like those you wouldn't expect. And so both groups were surprised by that. So the simple way this story is often heard goes like this. Take care of people who are in need, because I'm serving them, you're serving Christ. Okay, yes, that's true. But we already know that. Right? That's why the church has a strong emphasis on social justice and serving our neighbors. Right? That's why we reach out to people who are in need. We already know that we can see Christ in them. The problem, though, is that this has become our new expectation. So in other words, the idea that Jesus shows up in people who were poor or needy was a surprise to the original audience. But it's not really a surprise to us. So then who would be the surprising people for us then? Well, we could say that Jesus can be found in people who come from a different culture than you. Jesus can be found in people who are of a different age group than you. Jesus can be found in people who have a different political affiliation than you. And, ready for this one? Jesus can even be found in Michigan fans who want an Ohio State to lose. <laughs> I know that one's getting personal. Right? 
We understand how Jesus can be in people like us. As that scientific study showed, we want him to be like us. But what about the people we don't like? Right? Let's be honest. Even though we say that everyone's a child of God, our world still operates as if some people are more important than others. I read a line recently that said, all the conflict in the world can be traced back to the idea that one group of people is better than another When we treat people this way, then we draw lines between ourselves and others. But this gospel reading reminds us that the sorting is never our responsibility. It's God's. Our call is to serve others, regardless of who they are. Which is fine. Right? We get that. Don't be prejudiced. Go out and serve our neighbors. That's great. Okay, but that's good advice. It's not good news. Right? We don't need Jesus to tell us to go out and serve others. We can get that from anybody. We need Jesus to rescue us from sin and death and give us new life. So how do we see that here? Well, we see it when we shift our focus a little bit. So often we think this is the story of the sheep and the goats. But notice something. The sheep and goat imagery shows up in only two verses. Verses 32 and 33. It does not carry through the entire story. The image that does carry through is the king. I mean, today is Christ the King Sunday, not Sheep and Goats Sunday. Today, like every day, is about how important he is, not how important we are. Let me say it this way. We usually identify with those who serve others, because a lot of the times we do that. But sometimes we ignore others, too. We don't help them, even though we could. I mean, how many times have you driven by somebody in need? As Luther said, we are at the same time saint and sinner. We are at the same time sheep and goat. But, regardless of how we behave, Christ is still king. He still reigns. He is the one in charge. And just as he reveals himself to us through unlikely people, He also reveals himself through us to people as well. That means he is with you even on your hardest days. 
He is with you even when your life is falling apart. He is with you even when everything seems to be going wrong and no one seems to be helping you. He is with you even after Ohio State loses. One of the beautiful things about Christianity is that our ultimate image of God is Jesus on the cross. That's what God looks like. He is suffering and dying with us and for us. With you and for you. And so by realizing that Jesus can show himself to others through us, it changes how we see ourselves and how we see others. Right? You can see the face of Jesus in your friend, in your annoying neighbor, in the people who think differently than you, in Michigan State fans, and in the bathroom mirror. This truth frees us from the sin of separating one group from another. It frees us from thinking that we are better or worse than others. It also frees us to be in relationship with people, whoever they might be. So so in one sense, the participants in that scientific study did get one part right. God does look like them. And God looks like you. And God looks like each one of us. But God doesn't look only like us. We can see God in all people. And sometimes we get that right. And sometimes we don't. But the one thing that is always right is that Christ is always king. He is the one who rules our lives. He is the one we worship and obey. He is the one who sorts out our mess. And he is the one who eliminates the power of sin in our lives. He is the one we know and celebrate and adore. Christ reveals himself as king in people we would not expect. And sometimes that's you. And that, my friends, is definitely good news. So in the name of this King who reveals himself to us and through us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.